Hey everyone, what's up? What's happening? Welcome back to Skates at the Stakes. Very happy to have you guys on with us today. Um, it's just going to be me and Jake for one last time. AJ's on his way back from vacation, so we'll be able to regroup and get going. Uh, we're not going post-game tonight. We're actually recording on uh, Friday evening. We're getting ready for the long weekend, and we just wanted to get an episode for you guys uh, before the Islanders hit the road here. But without further ado, Jake, how you doing, pal? Yeah, I'm doing good. Um, two uh, two games on uh, for the Islanders this week, both at home that we'll talk about, a loss and an overtime win. Um, a very good win and a not very good loss. Um, break down everything. We'll answer some questions and we'll get into some other stuff. So um, I'm excited as always. Yeah, more of a classic Skates at the Stakes episode, as good as it's going to get without AJ. Uh, Jake went to both games this week. I went to only the um, the Toronto Maple Leafs game last night, which was awesome. It was a lot of fun going to that one. Um, I saw the Islanders were having a tough go of it, and I decided I had to get involved. But basically, the kind of the story so far with the Islanders is they were coming off that tough West Coast trip where they were able to pick up a point against Colorado, a win against Arizona, and also they were able to pick up uh, two points against Vegas. But they came home and they lost immediately to Vancouver and the vibes were down. Uh, the Leafs game, they went down 3-1. But when you need to beat the Montreal Canadiens down 3-1, you need or um, <laughs> when you need to beat the Toronto Maple Leafs when you're uh, down 3-1, you need to call a former Montreal Canadian. Um, and we loped in uh, Alexander Romanov. Bo Horvat got a nice goal set up by Noah Dobson and Matt Barzal in overtime. I mean, it was an absolutely awesome game. We'll get into it in a little bit, but I was so hyped. I was over the moon excited for the boys here and it was it was really awesome. Jake, uh, what did you think of the uh, the environment at UBS Arena last night? Yeah, it was good. Uh, reported uh, sold out crowd. Um, there was, uh, you know, there was Leaf fans there. Obviously, uh, there was some go Leafs go chance, but the atmosphere was good as always. Tavares was booed, not as much as last time, but whenever he touched the puck, um, took a face off, all that, he was he was booed pretty heavily, and that's never going to change. Um, as much as people think it's going to or should, it, it will not end, I assure you. Um, but, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty good game. Um, you know, I was happy to be there. It was Star Wars night. Um, they kind of leaned into it a lot more than they usually do for the theme nights, which is good to see, but um, a win is more important. Um, obviously, vibes are pretty down just because Lane switched every line imaginable, and, um, you know, I didn't think they'd pull a win out, but they did. So they always play the Wii well. I believe in the last five games against Toronto, they've won four. So that, that's pretty good. That They have their number pretty much. Yeah, and it's it's good. I mean, they've been playing great hockey against this Leafs team. Um, we're going to see kind of, you know, we're going to see them one more time up in Toronto this season, I believe. But overall, we're, we're playing really good right now, and I'm, I'm proud of how far this team's you know, was able to rebound. Casey Sezikas went down in the Vancouver game. We'll get to the Vancouver game now. Um, yeah, I guess before we get into the Vancouver game, so there were two theme nights of the week, and I think they, they pretty much um, encapsulated how the Islanders were doing. It was Mental Health Night on Tuesday, and it would have been nice. Last year on Mental Health Night, they laid an egg against the Washington Capitals, uh, but they weren't able to kind of – they I, what was that? Was that a 4 nothing lead or a 3 nothing lead they blew to the Caps last year? Do you remember? I know we were both in the building that night. I believe it was 3. Yeah, look it up. But um, I was at my anniversary dinner, so I couldn't watch the Canucks game live. I watched it back on tape a little bit later. Uh, Jake, do you want to walk us through the Canucks game and uh, the disaster that was? 
Yeah, um, I went with a uh, friend of the program, Clockwork. Um, thanks to him for bringing me. Uh, not thanks to the honors for not showing up, but uh, we'll get into it now. Uh, from UBS Arena, the goaltending matchup was Casey DeSmith uh, um, against Elias Sorokin. Um, the Canucks played the night before destroying the mediocre New York Rangers. They're very mediocre now. Um, but um, we got Casey DeSmith because Demko played the night before, which I thought was a good thing, but he's actually having a solid year. Um, pretty uneventful first period. I mean, right off the bat, the Canucks are just a lot more faster of a team than the Islanders are in transition and just skating. And that was pretty evident early on. But, you know, Sorokin was good for the first 10-ish minutes uh, with four minutes to go. Um, Ronick shot it from the point it hit Casey in the ankle. He was trying to skate off, but, of course, the refs didn't blow the whistle to pull Blow the play dead, even though he was pretty evidently injured. Um, and they got it back to Ronick, and he scored his third of the season, assisted by Connor Garland and Ilya Mikheyev. Um, and a few minutes later, Quinn Hughes just danced around and scored his 11th of the year unassisted. So uh, just like that, in four minutes to end the period, it was 2 nothing Canucks, and Casey Zizekas was injured. Um, period, uh, shots that period, excuse me, were 11-11, so it was a pretty even period until the end there. Second period was just a very dominant effort by the Canucks. Uh, Ten minutes in, uh, Elias Patterson with his 20th, assisted by JT Miller and Phil Bronick. Pretty pretty sweet goal, um, but sloppy in the D zone, uh, if I do recall. And then we got a power play a minute later. Very nice pass from Kyle Palmieri um, to get it over to Brock Nelson for his 18th of the season on the power play. It was also assisted by Matt Barzell. So Nelson from Palmieri and Barzell. And then we let Tyler Myers score his first goal in 25 games for his third of the season, assisted by Connor Garland and Teddy Bluger to make it 4-1 out of the second, and the shots were 17-4 Vancouver. Third period, um, we had some chances at the beginning, but nothing really went in. And if this is going Nelson um, with a ripper from the middle of the slot uh, for his 19th of the season and second of the game unassisted. Um Islanders pulled their net to try and get a chance, but they cannot scored right away. Um, Dakota Joshua for his 11th unassisted empty net. Shots were 6-5 Canucks for that period and 34-20 um, in total and a pretty, pretty dominant effort. Positive spins on the Islanders were 4-4 four for four on the penalty kill. So I think the penalty kill was back. Um, Adam Pellick was back. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Cases he gets. He did come out in the second period, but then he left shortly after, and um, he didn't play yesterday, so we'll talk about that as well. But, um, you know, playing a team that just played yesterday, um, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you know, think that. The Canucks absolutely dominated us in every aspect much faster. We were pretty sloppy. Um, and Brock Nelson, no one really looked good. Um Fourth line struggled with speed. I mean, every time the fourth and third line was out there, they pretty much got hemmed in. Um, you know, Dobson and the first line was good, and that nothing, nothing really that good. And the Canucks just dominated me. They um, gave us the two points, and this year they um, they gave us the mental mental health um, awareness um, fidget toy before the game, uh, but alas, they uh, did not win. So uh, very disappointing because you know. I thought they'd at least get a loser point out of this because the Canucks played the night before, but um, pretty disappointing. 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. I think that's one of the biggest problems with this whole er- or Lambert era of New York Islanders hockey. He can't get the boys up for for anything, it seems like. He couldn't get them up for some playoff games last year, even though they got themselves up. And on back-to-back, he's, he's absolutely brutal. Um, Lambert ball just isn't flowing correctly on back-to-backs. When the other team has a back-to-back, we always get dominated. When we have a back-to-back, we always look like jerks. It's it's just a coaching issue. And then we saw the next day with Casey Sezikis out. I mean, I just watched the game like from the highlights and stuff. We got speed-bagged. Uh, the Canucks are a good team. They shouldn't. They played very well for a team that was playing off the back to back. But like, you know, sometimes you're gonna lose to good teams. I think I went into the week hoping for two points against these teams, but after the Vancouver game, it looked bleak. And then Lane decided to put Wallstrom back on the first line. The first practice after the Canucks game, it was uh, what was it? Wallstrom, Lee, and Hor- or Wallstrom, Horvat, Lee, and then he put the second line together. Uh, Engvall, Nelson, Fashing, third line of Barzal, Holmstrom, and Palmieri, and then the fourth line being Martin, uh, Paggio, Clutterbuck. I didn't hate the lines as much as anyone, like the other people kind of rooting for the team. I thought the third line was fine. I think that was a pretty cool line. Uh, But then the first line stinks. I'm so done with Oliver Ballstrom. I, I tweeted it out, but... It's funny enough, they put Job of the Hutt on the first line on Star Wars night. Um, but then besides that, the second line was pretty fine. The fourth line was okay. The deep pairings. Adam Pellick came back. He's been pretty brutal in both the Vancouver and the Toronto game. How was he in the Vancouver game? I, I know it was brutal. I wasn't able to watch. Yeah, I mean, Phil tweeted this earlier. He's playing very safe. He doesn't want to get hurt again, but he doesn't look good. But, I mean, he's had a few. He's had a while off. So I'm going to let it hit like five, six games before or react. It might not be good with Mayfield. Like both of them don't look good. Mayfield was good yesterday, but they both just – I didn't think Pelic was bad yesterday either, but uh, the data doesn't look great. But uh, Vancouver, they both were pretty noticeably bad. Um, Scott Mayfield generated a 9.99% XG. Pelic had a 27.46%. They might not work well together, um, so they might have to figure that out, but – you know, he's playing. He's not playing like Adam Pellick, you know. But Pellick has been pretty good since he was back there. You know, obviously he helps out with that. But five v five, it's been it's been pretty rough right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like Pellick and Mayfield's always work together on the penalty kill. Um, and it's a good look, like pairing on the penalty kill. That five on five over the years, it's never been like superb. It's been fine. Like it gets the job done. But hopefully, Pulak's closer we haven't really gotten an update on him in a while but it'd be nice if he starts skating soon we'll see what happens i think it's a hand injury with him or was that pelic or pulak what what did pulak or do you remember um pelic was definitely yeah. the hand i think pulak was lower body yeah I, I think he blocked a shot um in the columbus i believe it was the columbus game um lower body so yeah i think it's the the ankle yeah and then when we get over to the 
when we go over to the Leafs game now, I mean, this was an absolutely awesome experience. Like, this game was fun. We kind of continued a similar vibe to the last Leafs game. I believe the score was exactly the same 4-3 overtime win. And then the goal came right at the beginning of overtime. But this was one of Matt Barzell's signature moments. He collected four points on the night. He was absolutely awesome. A uh, huge game for Barzy. It was absolutely, like, he cooked. I mean, we've been begging Barzell to do this more often. He always gets up for the big game against the Leafs. I think Kyle Palmieri gets the first goal on the power play uh, five minutes into the game or two minutes into the game on the first power play of the game. Uh, the Leafs strike back. Austin Matthews uh, got, got a nice rebound. Uh, the Leafs go for two more goals. Matthews gets his second on the night. And then the Islanders start rallying back. And it was just really fun to watch this game. Like, as a spectator, I'm, I had a ton of fun with this one. Um, you know, Barzi was absolutely insane in this game. This is one of the best games of his career. He showed why he's an all-star. Uh, the game was on ESPN or ESPN+. Plus, and he was just so good this game. Uh, Barzal just showed out. Yeah, um, yeah, Palmieri scored 40 seconds in, I believe. Um, it was Matthews who took a tripping penalty. We kind of capitalized off a one that Martin Jones probably should have kept on, but, you know, no complaints there. Um, so that was on the power play. Um, Barzell and Dobbs both had four points. I believe that's Dobson's first four-assist game of his career. Um, all night, I was in 203, um, so I kind of saw – it was, you know, up above of where you can kind of see everything, which is nice. They don't know how to stop the backdoor pass. It was evident all night. Um, a Leaf player would enter the zone, pass it off, and then the Leaf player would continue to skate towards the net. And whoever, whether it was Ajo, Pellick, or Mayfield, they did not know that they were behind him. Um, but, you know, and give up a goal from that. Um, the McMahon goal, I mean, that's just a pretty nice play by Noah Gregor. I can't believe I'm saying that, but um, nice shot. Um, and yeah, I mean, Aho probably should have had him and we'll talk about Aho cause I'm still not impressed with him. Um, but yeah, he probably should have covered that one, but a really good first period. I they had so many chances, um, in the first and second period, they just, you know, they let, they let Austin Matthews be open twice. Um, the two defensive behind the net thing, uh, when you start playing hockey, that's the first thing you're kind of taught as a defenseman. If one defenseman's behind the net, go in front of the net and, they were caught out by Matthews, who scored his 32nd goal of the year, and then Dobson with a pretty bad turnover um, to punt this Holmberg, and Matthews was wide open again. So, on that, I mean, I thought the defensive played pretty well. I thought Mike Riley had an outstanding game. Um, I mean, Romanov's been incredible. Dobson's been incredible. Um, Aha was better as it went on, and Mayfield and Pella kind of struggled again. But, you know, hopefully they have a good road trip. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Romanov, they should do that more often where he's – Barzell's kind of backpassing and then he's going up on the rush. Like, he has a fast shot. Um, I've noticed he just needs to locate it, but he located that perfectly um, for his fourth of the year. And then, I mean, the power play is, is good. It's it's crazy to say. And I didn't I didn't see Horvat tip it in when I was watching the highlights this morning. It was pretty clear he tipped that one in. We got on Dawson getting that shot towards the net. Um, and then in the third period, I mean, teams kind of trade chances, but nothing crazy. Um, they played well in front of Sorokin. There was a lot of chances where it was open on the rebound, and the Islanders did a good job of kind of clearing it out. And then, obviously, in overtime, um, I thought Horvath got an assist because I thought it was a faceoff win, but Jake McCabe-Witter just gave it over to 
Um, Noah Dobson, and that, that pass is unbelievable vision and good on Barzell to just finish it quickly. And it, it barely crossed the line, but it crossed the line enough, obviously. Um, so that was a great win. You know, the line, I mean, Wayne was kind of switching to back to the old lines and new lines. I'll say this right off the bat. Aubrey Washroom should not play a game again. This was his 800 millionth final chance, and he just doesn't – he wasn't bad, but he didn't do anything. He was benched on two different occasions. Um, I'm not saying Julian Gauthier is a world beater because he's not, but I, I think he's a thousand times better. I think he can be more influential for the bottom six. Or even if you want to put him on that top line. Like, Bo Horvat, um, at like four different occasions yesterday, skated in the zone and couldn't pass it off to everyone because Lee and Washington were skate, trying to attempt to skate in the zone. Um, he just doesn't do anything. He he tries to be fancy, but he's too slow. I just I I don't see it with him. I don't know what you do. Yeah, they keep him in the press box. You trade him or you send him the bridge for. I don't know what you do at this point. But his Ionic career is over. We knew that. Um, but um, yeah, I thought the second round was good. I thought Fashing looked good with Engvall and Nelson. I thought they generated some chances. There was one really good chance in the third period, and there was a nice stop by Jones. The third line was fun. We knew it was going to be fun. I mean, Holmstrom. Barzell, Palmieri, that's a good line. Um, and the fourth line I didn't love. Um, out of Martin, Martin's, you know, I think you got to rotate him because he looks pretty slow out there. Um, but I do like Pajot there. If you're going to replace Zizekas on the fourth line, I think Pajot's a good guy for that. Um, and Kyle's starting to look rough too, but I don't know. You got to rotate these guys. Um, you need to put Washington on the fourth line, but you can't play Marty and Cal every game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a pretty good win. I thought we looked pretty good. I mean, this is probably a complete different game if you don't leave Austin Matthews open twice. But good on them to battle back and stay with it and get the get the two points. Good. We got the loser point, and then we got the other point. And now the Leafs have a ton of loser points, but no, no one no one has said a word about it. Except Arthur State. Yeah. Yeah, thanks, Dave, for that one. But it's just been brutal with the uh, – Wallstrom was tough, tough watch. I mean, they put the first line back together midway through the second and just kind of either stapled Wallstrom to the bench or again no zone shift or a D zone shift or something. But he was brutal, and I think on the first goal the Leafs scored, he was particularly bad defensively. Uh, but, yeah, Wally's just a tough watch right now. He took this one shot on PP2 on one of our power plays where it was just like he got the puck and decided to shoot it. Which, like, you know, that appeases the guy in the 200 screaming at him to shoot the puck. But, like, it was a really just a stupid shot that easily got gloved up by Martin Jones on the Leafs. And it was a mess. I mean, of all the Leafs games, this one probably felt like the least intense. I think we're probably on the other side of the curve with number 91 where it's going to be as intense. Like, I was still booing. Uh, Jake, where were you on this one? I think – I don't say – I wouldn't say we're over it at this point, but I think – I think the like it's taken a step back now too. It's just gonna be a fun thing. We'll boo him every time. It's not gonna be as intense and hateful as it used to be. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it wasn't very like fiery. I, you know, obviously the the first game was a little intense. I think this was just two teams that want to make the playoffs. You know, playing their style and the honors prevailing. Um, I think this would be a fun series if the, if it does occur, but I don't think it will. I don't think it lines up. Um, but you know, it wasn't really like emotion involved except for Barzell who <laughs> he really fucking hates Toronto. Um, he plays, he shines every time he plays Toronto. Um, but I think it was just two good teams, you know, trying to win a game and I, I it was, it was a good watch and 
you know, new lines aside, I, I think they played pretty well. And I think it's something to be happy about. And now they have a road trip. I'm looking at my calendar next to me. We got the we got the Predators tomorrow in Nashville. And we got a back-to-back two, Monday and Tuesday against the Wild and the Jets. And then we're off till Friday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it might be good Ken- with the road trip. It might be, it might be Ken- Yeah, Monday. No, I, maybe. I don't want it to be. I uh, if you, I'd rather give him a Monday than Tuesday. I'd rather have him. I'd rather have him face the Wild than the Jets. I'd rather just see if Sorokin. Ah, uh, you have to probably. Damn. I hope. I hope Farlamov is able to come back for this road trip, but we'll see. I doubt it. Um. So yeah, next three we'll probably record Tuesday, but it's going to be Nashville, uh, Minnesota. And then the top team in the league right now, the Winnipeg Jets, who I, I'll, I'll keep it a buck. I haven't watched any Winnipeg Jets games this year, even if they're the best team in the league. Uh, I just don't think they're super entertaining. So but what's the expectation here? I think four points. Is that too optimistic? Uh, I'm hoping for four out of these next three. Uh, yeah, I mean, Nashville's been skidding. They've been really bad lately. Uh, I believe they are uh, four, five, and one in their last ten. Uh, they've been kind of struggling recently, so I'm, I hope you can beat them. I think you gotta. They suck against the Wild. That's another thing. The Wild have they been suck bad against late. the Preds too. That's yeah, that's so. Yeah, so. But you know, the Wild have Wild are not only facing injuries. They're on, they've also been really bad. Um, and I, you know, I don't think they beat the Jets. So you know, I'll go. I'll go three. You know, maybe get a loser point from one and win the other. But hey, maybe get six. Who knows. <laughs> Yeah, six would be nice, and this is a weird road trip. I was, like, looking um, to see if with the long weekend I could go see wherever the Islanders were going. And Nashville's fun, but then the next two games on the trip are just kind of like no man's land, uh, being Minnesota and Winnipeg. But, yeah, no, I mean, hopefully they're able to get back to their winning ways. I think that Toronto win was a statement win. And then, you know, if they could get to the other side of this road trip, um, the next time we record they're going to play Chicago, which should be an easier game. Um, Dallas and Vegas at home, Montreal, which should be an easier game, and then Florida to end the month. So it's pretty it's pretty tough to go into the All Star break, but if they can tread water and stay a little bit above 500 here, I think they're going to come out better for it. So we'll see. Uh, that's Islander stuff. We have some mailbag questions, which do kind of tie into the trade deadline topic I wanted to get to today. Uh, we'll start off with the. Uh, with the mailbag, Jake, do you have anything else Islanders adjacent before we get into this? No, I mean, uh, you know, we are we are officially scoreboard watching. Great day for the Metro yesterday. Um, Rangers lost. We're, we're catching up. I mean, Hurricanes are really catching up, but so are we. Um, Rangers have been mediocre lately. Um, Capitals lost 4-1. They've been really bad lately. Um, good for Max Pacioretty. Got his first goal since tearing his Achilles, so. Um, but, you know, they've been struggling, and the Penguins lost in overtime, and the Devils lost in overtime. Devils have been bad, too. So. Uh, the Flyers play tonight yeah. against the Wild. Uh, you know, maybe the Wild could win. Uh, probably not, but um, maybe. Uh, oh, the Predators play tonight, so we get them on a back-to-back. So that's pretty big on the road. I believe Soros is playing tonight, so we get – is it still Lankinen? Is it Askarov? Oh, I don't know. It's a good point. Um Malankin has been bad. Uh, did they call Askarov back up? They did not, so it could be. Okay, so hopefully it's stinking it. Um, 
Yeah, uh, it's it's tough. I mean, we're so bad off other teams back to back that I don't really know what to expect here. But getting into the questions, me and Jake will answer them both. Um, again, no AJ today, but we'll start off with our friend Ian underscore ten underscore nineteen. Uh, what do you think of our playoff odds are right now, and what moves would you like to make them to make to improve them? All right. So first off, what percentage do you think our playoff chances are at right now? According to Money Puck, they're 24. I don't think that's like, I don't think that's close at all. It was 72 weeks ago. Really? You're telling me because they lose two games, their playoff decrease chances decreased by 50 something? Like no. I think they're gonna good job. I'm I'm doing 65 right now. I don't think the other teams in the Metro will, you know, massively improve. Maybe the Devils, but I I see the Caps continuing to fall. The Pens just lost Riley Smith for a while, is what I heard. Um, Perry's out for an extended period of time. Um. You know, I, I really don't believe in them. Uh, so I think it's going to be, I mean, the Rangers. I, I think it's. I think we're pretty good for top three. Um, but if not, I think we're safely in a wild card spot because the other teams in the Atlantic doesn't really impress me. So I think we're in a pretty good spot. If you're telling me the chances to be in a Metro spot, you know, maybe that goes down to 40. We'll see what happens to the Flyers. They're a really weird case right now. They're three, four, and three in their last 10. Um, I don't think they're that good, but you know, they just keep winning. So I, I don't know that, you know, the lightning, the red wings, they just don't, they don't impress me in the slightest. So I'm going 65. I, I think the honors are playoff team. They're going to continue to get better. Um, hopefully, I mean, they've got hard parts of the schedule out of the way, so it's just going to get easier. This is historically the worst stretch of the month for the honors. They are never good in January. So you kind of float over water in January. I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, I compared it the other day, but January Islanders is like the Mets in June. Like, it feels like they never win. And you even want to take 500 against this month because the past two years they've been so bad right now in January. Uh, My playoff, I'm going to go with 75%. I'm pretty optimistic that this team's going to make the playoffs. Um, Hopefully Varlamov comes back soon. It makes the job a little easier on Sorokin, but they're built for the playoffs, and I think they'll make the moves at the deadline to ensure they get there. Um, now we have a couple of questions to talk about trade deadline moves, which will consolidate them into one with the second half of the question. Um, our friend of the podcast, Big Papa Pump, who's your uh, trade target, not named Hannafin Lindholm. And then we'll also get the Ian side of the question. What moves do we make to improve the team's playoff odds? Uh, so I'll get to the first one here. Um, for the moves to make to improve the team's playoff odds, you're going to want to find some smooth trades in the market. You need a third liner, you need a third liner, uh, to replace Godier or maybe even push Martz out of the lineup. And then you might be want some defensive reinforcements. Um, you want to see it at full strength first, but hopefully they get at least one defensive reinforcement. Um, my guy who isn't Lindholm or Hannafin, who I think both cost first round picks, um, is probably Anthony Duclair. I, I think that's who I go with first there, like a bit of an offensive specialist player to play that Gautier role. I think he's just a better version of Gautier. Um, probably probably a lot better. I don't even know if that's a fair comparison, but yeah, I'd probably go Duclair there as my first trade target that isn't named Hannafin or Lindholm, who I don't think I'm sold on either of them, especially for a first-round pick. Uh, and also, I dad gets his name to that conversation, but he's also going to cost a couple first-round picks and prospects. But Jake, what what moves do you make? Yeah, I mean, you got to get that third line winger, whether Zach is coming or not. You, you should get someone that consistently playing the third line, so you're not flip flopping guys on Pajot's wing. 
Um, I would I would honestly sign up for a Jordan Every reunion if the Kraken are interested. I know they've been winning lately, so it depends what they want to do with him. Kind of struggling this year, but if you put everyone on the third line, I think he can improve. I think he'll make the guys around him improve. Who doesn't want a little Everly reunion? If not him, you can kind of, you know, dip your toes into the Shane Pinto sweepstakes if you want to. I think he could play in the third line wing, but you wouldn't be just getting for this year. You'd be getting him for years, um, you know, after that. So there's a lot of third line wingers out there. Finally, we don't need a first line option. I just think, you know, there's a lot of guys that kind of fit the third line wing that they're looking for. So exciting times or, or they'll do nothing. I mean, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, I'm looking at the athletics trade board now, which is pretty mediocre, but um, let's just run through some names here, do a little quick game. I know this is old school skates at the stake stuff. Uh, yes or no, and I'll throw out a value on each player. So Hannafin, first round pick. Hannafin for a first round pick. Yes or no, Jake? No, I'm not, I'm not big on, you know, getting Hannafin. I'm just not. No, me neither. Uh, Lindholm for a first round pick. No. Yeah, I'd also agree now, but I'd be okay with that if we did and then they want to lock him into like a six and a half million dollar by six year extension just to lock him in here if he he's a trade, but you have to have that extension negotiated. Uh Chris Tanev for if you want to call it a second round pick, I'd be down. I think that's an interesting player, but we already have enough righties, it would probably knock Mayfield out of the lineup. Yeah, I mean, that'll help. He's getting old, so I mean it could be just a rental, but I mean Lou doesn't really do the rentals. Um, I don't, I wouldn't hate it for a second. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't hate, I, I'll go yes, why not? Daily, uh, I'm using daily face-off if I can, because Dom's a dummy. Guess who, you take a guess, knowing expiring free agents, guess who the next two names are? This is a terrible list. What, daily face-offs? No, no, the athletics. Dom's list of best free agents. It is number four, Sean Walker, which is like whatever, but the Flyers are in a playoff spot, so why would they trade Sean Walker? And fifth is Ilya Labushkin. So, um, oh, yeah, I'm not – yeah, I, I like him too, but, like, the Flyers are in a playoff spot. Why would they trade Sean Walker? Um, let me see. Great targets. Let me see. Frankie Spaghetti. Sarah Volley himself. Let me see what we got. Um – Okay, 20 trade targets in play. And that's for two years ago. All right, well, we might not have a good trade target list yet. Uh, we'll just try to <laughs> see quick. Um, 35 trade targets. Nope, that's from last year. All right, so we're a little too early for trade deadline season. We'll get more into it uh, as we go along here. Um, you know, the only list we have right now is Doms, and it's it's awful. I guess I could pull a couple more names off Doms. Um, you, the number six target is Jake Allen. We don't need him. Morgan Frost. We don't want Tony mm-hmm. D. Bogfist. Peak. If eh. Sean Moynihan, maybe. I, I would take Sean Moynihan. I would. Yeah. He can play the wing. He could play the wing. I would take Sean Moynihan. Yeah, I'd take I take him. Montreal, under Montreal Brotherhood. I would. I would do it. I absolutely would. And an Irishman too. So I would take that. <laughs> um, Tyler Johnson stinks. No, no, yeah, no. Okay. Anthony Duclair, uh, I do yep. Duke. That's the one I want. Uh, Maroon, no. Mantha, no. Yeah, Mantha makes too much money. Henrik, Henrik's good. That's an interesting yeah. one. And then Rono put out a bad chart uh, about him, so I'm all for it. Yep, let's go. 
Uh, Dumba stinks. Rhymer stinks. Captain yeah, Dumba. Stinks. So, friend of the program, Jackson, has told me how bad he's been. He's been, he's been pretty dreadful. He, he single-handedly yeah. cost him the game the other day. I told AJ all summer, Matt Dumba stinks now, and you wouldn't believe me. Um, Nick Sealers, AJ's friend. Yeah. Uh, um, Brendan Duhame, no. Barabanov. Um, no. Barabanov's no. interesting. No, it's, it's like another Gautier. Yeah. <laughs> Line A, I guess, stinks. Um, dang, all of these trade targets are bad. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a rough trade deadline. I don't think it's going to be very fun. It's a good thing we don't need a lot of, a lot of needs. Normally, I take the day off to watch the coverage, and uh, this year I don't think I'm going to because won't be too moved by the eventual Morgan Frost trade. Or uh, Elvis Merzlikens, who requested a trade today. I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I like Morgan Frost, but we're not getting him. <laughs> no, we're not getting him. It's, he's it's good, fine. though. He's, he's good. He's fine. Yeah, and then I guess back to the questions. Yeah, Ian, there's not really many moves that you can make to improve them in the trade market. Uh, I don't even think the AHL guys, which we'll get to in a moment or two, um, are quite ready yet. I think the only real move you could make is get rid of Lambert and hire a more serious coach. Uh, but doesn't nah. seem like they're set in that direction, and he keeps saving his job one way or another. So, uh, Next up, friend of the program, um, one of my favorite Twitter follows is Sacco. Be his on Twitter. If and when Lambo reverts to Barry's system like he did last year, can 8, 13, and 14 keep up point per game per pay, point per game pace and each finish with the point per, better than a point per game? Uh, I think I think Barzal and uh, Dobson. I I think Barzal is going to finish over a point per game no matter what, even if we revert back to the system. I think you could probably go to Barry's system at this point and just rely on the power play to score more, um, and then just hope you can win some rock fights. But if they do go back to Barry's system, I don't think Horvat and Dobson are clearing point per game. Uh, I think they can. Um, I mean, as long as they keep, you know, producing on the power play, I don't think the structure will, you know, change things too much. Um, if they do revert to Barry's system, um, I just think they need to stay the course. And I think certain guys on defense need to start playing better. Um, and I think that's how you can kind of help keep the puck out of the net. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, Barzal's p- pacing towards 90 points right now, so I think he's going to clear it no matter what. Um, next up, Macho Man Randy Newman, another friend of the program. Uh, what does the team do about all these defensive woes? Uh, what would be beneficial to move one of Pelik or Pulak to make money and space for another defenseman who can help with this? Who do you move and who do you want? All right, so this is a really good question. So, one, do about the defensive woes is Fire Lane Lambert. Um, they're not going to do it. I, I still I don't mind Lane as much as other Islander fans, but he seems in over his head. He's definitely the reason for all the defensive problems, but that's the trade-off to getting more offense. It's, you know, we're not squeezing blood out of a stone when we get goals now. Um, out of Pelic and Pulak, who would you move? That's a good question. I don't think anyone would take him. That's my problem. Oh, I think someone takes Pulak easy. Mm, I don't know. I, I don't know. Depends what his injury is. If he has a broken ankle, I don't think someone's trading for that. Not at the deadline, like in the offseason. No, I, I don't think so. You don't think anyone would take Pulak? I think right-handed defenseman, um, good height, good NHL career. Uh, he'd be in the top. He, he'd definitely be on the top, like in the top four of any contender. I, I think he would be traded for. 
Um, but I guess, yeah, you probably get more out of a Pulak trade than a Pelic trade. So I go with Pulak. And then who do you bring back in? Uh, I, I, like, you're not going to give those reps to Bulduk. I, I don't know. The UFA market this year is so bad. But I guess you'd have to take Hannafin. It's a good question. I just think this is the wrong time to try to get, like, a defenseman through the door. Yeah, not yet. I mean, you can force him out when Calais ready or Isaiah George is ready or even Bolduc's ready, but that's not happening. And if you trade one of those guys, you're going to have to have, like, a plan right away. Um, so I just think it's too risky. I just think they need, I, I just think they need to get their head out of their ass. Um, I, you know, I don't think uh, Ho's in the top six next year. I, I think he'll be an in-and-out scratch this year, but his contract is ending. Um, so, you know, maybe they just extend Riley and get rid of Ajo. But, I mean, so, I mean, if Mayfield and Pelic start playing like they shouldn't be, I think we're in pretty good shape. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, I'd like Pulak back. I'd say he's more tradable, but I wouldn't love to do that. Um, but we'll see. No, it's a good question. I, I appreciate that one. Uh, next up, Adam Foxy Mother asks, why does Ryan <laughs> have to be such an odd individual, which I think is – a response to the jet stuff. Um, I don't know. Then, then, or, buddy. or he's talking about Ryan Lindgren. Yeah, maybe Ryan Lindgren on the Jets is, or the Rangers. Um, I don't know. I don't know which Ryan he's talking about here. Probably not me. Um, and then next up, final question our friend of the program, Bastrami on Rye asks, What ends up being Wallstrom Street with the Islanders? Tonight feels like his last real shot on the team. He asked this yesterday. Uh, do we manage to find a trade for him at the deadline, let him walk at free agency or a secret third thing? Uh, the secret third thing is going to be waivers, man. I I know it sucks, and I know he was a top 10 overall pick, but teams tell you what they think of a guy by what they do. Uh, the Islanders definitely have don't have any value to Oliver Wallstrom. They're not trying to snap him out of this. They're just trying to see if he can be a plug-in-and-play player. And he's going to have to hit the bricks. I mean, they're going to wave him sooner or later, and someone's going to probably take a shot on him. And then I don't think he's going to succeed in his next location either because he just doesn't seem motivated. He doesn't have the engine for this, and he's not built for it. Yeah. Um, he's a free agent at the end of the year, so if they keep him this year, whether it's in the press box or not, I don't think they extend him. This, I mean, they gave him a one-year prove-it deal, and he has five points in 21 games. Um, and he hasn't looked good in any game this year, except maybe the um, Ottawa one. He was pretty strong, but this is it, man. He, he's just—he's not good enough. He doesn't fit what they need. Uh, He's—I see Iron fans all the time saying he hasn't gotten a chance. He's gotten plenty of chances. Uh, he got a chance in preseason. He didn't take it. Um, he's had many opportunities, and he. Did the ACL injury kind of ruin his Islander career? Absolutely. There's no way around it. He had kind of good momentum last year, and he got hurt. And, you know, in camp, he didn't take advantage. I understand he tore his ACL. It's kind of tough to come back from that. But I don't want to hear that we're just benching him every game. And it's just he's had 21 games to prove something. They, they put him on the power play. They, they I'm not yelling at Zach. I love Zach. I'm just – I've seen it a lot today. Um um, for the program, Mike Bartner put out like uh, players who are definitely busting. Washroom is on there, and all the comments were saying, "Oh, Washroom needs the. If Washroom played, he would be so good. If he played, he would be amazing. If only the Islanders played Washroom, uh, they have, and he has not done anything. 
I am I it sucks. It does. Like there's no way around it. I am perfectly content with whatever happens, whether that's trying to put him on waivers, not playing him, or just sticking him somewhere. But Lane, it's pretty clear Lane doesn't like Walsham. Every time he plays, he he's benched for a certain amount of time. Um, it's just it's not it's over. It's pretty much it. And whatever happens, happens. And um yeah, bad draft bet. Not Wu's fault. I mean, he drafted the snipers, what they needed hasn't panned out. And that's pretty much that. It's Paul Strober. Yeah, you don't really want him around anymore. It's just like the next acquisition the team makes. I feel better about keeping Martin around. But that kind of leads us. We're done with questions at this point of the show. Um, kind of random topics for discussion that are just adjacent. First off, the All-Star game. Matt Barzell's an All-Star. We touched on it last episode, but it's exciting news. Um, I know the picks are a little weird. There's only one defenseman in the East right now. Um, it looks like Dotson will get in, I think, if they take someone from the Islanders or someone defenseman from the Metro, it has to be Dobson. There's a case for Eric Carlson, but it's either what did Fox get in or did Fox didn't play enough games, right? That's his deal this year. Um, well, who got in? Uh, didn't he get in? No, it was, it was Igor. Was it okay. Yeah, it was Igor. Um, I don't know. he was having a I, tough season too. He's been bad. He's been worse than Ilya. I mean, yeah. he's less GSAX. He has a better goals against, but the save percentage isn't close either. Um, Luke so, Hughes. Um, Luke Hughes. If, listen, I'll say this um, on two different notes. If Luke Hughes gets in over Noah Dobson, it, it's an embarrassment. But also, I'm not going to – I kind of selfishly don't want Dobson to make it because like, he deserves the time off. He's had the most time on ice in the NHL this year. He kind of deserves to be off. but. If Luke Hughes gets in over Noah Dobson, that, that's that's pretty embarrassing. But he's a Hughes brother. I don't care. He's not. He's a he's a rookie. Like he's gonna be good. He's not better than Noah Dobson. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, he has 23 points in 39 games. 23. Okay, right. I'm looking up. I'm pretty sure it's this number. I'm making sure. Yeah. Noah Dobson, Noah Dobson is 42 and 41. Like it, it's not even close. It's not. Also, I tweeted this this morning. I don't know if everyone saw it. Dobson has the same amount of assists as last season in 37 less games, and he's two away from his career high in assists. Um, and he is nine points away from his career high. I mean, I assume he'll get that. But um, just a reminder: we got him for Travis Hamonic, and and we got wow, what a trade! I keep looking back; what it's a crazy. Trade. We, we've it's got, so good. We got Hamonic. Uh, we we got rid of Hamonic and Lucas Fook. That's who they picked with our pick for Noah Dobson, Russell Nishikov, and Samuel Bolduc. Even if Bolduc and Nishikov don't pan out, which yeah, they might, which makes it even better. But what a trade. Yeah, no, that's a great not, trade. Not so much. Yeah, Wallstrom was a pick. That That's on us yeah. for messing it up. But um, the Hamannick Mont trade was just free money and ridiculous in hindsight. Just, just how much him. we got out of that trade. Yeah, no, I know. Um, they passed on him for Patelli Krapsov. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's shaping up good. Like hopefully Dobson gets in. He's not one of the leaders in the fan vote because we're kind of a smaller market, um, compared to the other teams. Um, keep voting for Horvath, keep voting for Dobson. It'd be cool to send three Islanders again. I know we sent two last year and we're, well, we or technically, Techno, Horvath and Mars. yeah, yeah no, maybe, no, maybe was, Lou will trade for another all-star friend. Cause it was Sorokin, Nelson and Horvath. Mm-hmm. And we're still uh, we're still taking um, 
We're still keeping tabs on Bridgeport. I mean, they're the individuals are playing well. Jacob Skarrick is still kind of sabotaging the team. I watched a little bit of them the other night. They had a horrible period. Really bad in the third after pretty solid for a second. I was like, ah, he's not that bad. And then he's terrible in the third. Um, but yeah, Skarrick stings. They're going to be playing. Let me see. I think they play tonight. Maybe Laporte. Uh, but we'll see. Um, do Ford yeah, and Chicago look pro ready? Um, what's his date? Okay, they play uh, to, today's they, the 12th. It's a, they play tomorrow, Sunday, and Monday against uh, the, the Penguins, the Bruins, and the Bears. Um, Rusin Nishikov is an NHL All-Star, continues to play well. Uh, they got Carson Tykarski. Um, Carson, yeah, Carson Tykarski. He was in the Flyers and Kraken system. Otto Koivo has been pretty good. Um, Dufour's been scoring, happy he's back and healthy, clearly, you know, had something going on. Um, and Henrik Tikkanen's playing, and he's miles better than, um, Jakob Skarrick. And Corey's back. Corey's in the house. Uh, he, he's coming back to Bridgeport to sign autographs. He was at the outing game on Tuesday, and I yelled, Corey in the house, and he didn't notice. So, I made myself look like an ass for no reason. That's a very sad tweet. Um... But yeah, no, I mean, it's, they're doing better down there. Dufour's back. He's on the goal streak again. I think he's heating up. Hopefully he's able to finish the year down there. You I don't we think we're going to see Dufour getting called up, but I think Ishikov might be by the end of the year. What do you want to check gonna, out? I'm going to check who won the Duran-Thompson trade. Okay, let's see. So Tice Thompson. Um, in Binghamton, he, in, 15, uh, in 15 games, he had five assists. Uh, so far in Bridgeport, in 15 games, he has five assists. But he is a minus oh, yeah. twelve in Bridgeport. He was a minus. He was a plus four in Utica. Okay, so he's got five assists in fifteen games. Durando has six assists in six games. So uh, we lost a trade. It's, it's over. so over for uh, GM Chris Lamorello. And yeah, the, they're playing a little bit better down there. I'm gonna try to catch more games if I can. But I was hoping for Bridgeport. It's barely games, on. It's not happening. I try to get. Um, I mean. Whenever I want to watch, I I try and go on, on hockey TV and it's not there. Whenever I can't watch, it is on. It's weird. I don't, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, the other night they were on and I was like, oh, I didn't even know they were on on hockey and I ended up watching them. But I don't know. Make a deal. Put them on ESPN Plus. AHL TV, stupid. But whatever. Um. Yeah, but I think we could wrap up the pod there. Really appreciate everyone kind of listening in this app or this evening. Uh, really appreciate you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Um, Jake, any final words before I close this out here? No, I mean, uh, let's go Islanders. Let's uh, keep winning, and hopefully we beat our demons known as the Predators in the Wild. And um, thank you guys for listening and hanging with us, and uh, stay safe out there. Yep, sounds good. AJ will be back. Big snowstorm Tuesday, but we'll probably be uh, all bundled in recording in here. So it'll be fun. Uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Jakey. You can follow AJ on Twitter at Tobito Hockey. You can follow myself on Twitter at Rad Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. Really appreciate you guys. Give us five stars if you can, um, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. See you. Bye.